So you guys are the Pablo Escobar of this space. I dig it. Oh, yeah. You guys should lean into that theme. Oh, no, sure. we 100%. So I planned our first ever cartel meetup is what we called it. I did it in Tulum, Mexico. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hey, welcome to Table Moments, the homies podcast. We talk about anything and everything, but no politics. I'm your host and captain, the man who accidentally blew up on TikTok this week, <laughs> your editor-in-chief, <laughs> Iman. We're also joined by the kid brother, the entrepreneur's entrepreneur, San Antonio native, Bilal. This week, we have a very special guest. She's the CEO and co-founder of a tech company helping real estate investors grow, who's also recently become a mom, a regular TikTok live viewer who... I would also consider a good friend, one of the Disney princesses, <laughs> Eliza. Welcome to the show. And, oh, and I, I got to just correct one thing. Um, so I'm COO of my company, not CEO, but, you know, oh, we're a COO. Okay. Um, so I own a software company uh, with my husband, um, Robert, and then also our co-founder, um, Dimitri, who is our CTO. So uh, Robert is mm -hmm. CEO. And then I'm COO, and then our co-founder Dimitri is uh, CTO. It's confusing. You have all the the C um, <laughs> words yeah. in there. Yeah, your job is to like uh, make sure everyone stays on track with at least operational targets and stuff. Yeah. So um, I my main job is like managing all of the team members that are customer facing. So and then um, I do all the like you know customer support. Anything with like onboardings, managing um, everyone that does that. Like if if there's things going correctly as far as like people getting help with certain things or if there's certain problems that like people keep mentioning something, uh, then I come up with the action plan on what to do. That. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you guys have had awesome. some recent success, right? And you guys celebrated with like, I guess Rolexes and you, what, they decided to get you jewelry and you're like, nah, I want a Rolex too. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was funny because, okay, so, so my husband and our co-founder, he, um, they both went out for the day. Hey, we're going to do Christmas early. And my husband's like, yeah, so decorate the house for Christmas. Like, you got like five minutes before everyone's here. And I'm like, what? I'm like, okay, sure. Like, I just like throw up some lights and stuff. We're all like hanging out together. And then um, they're like, yeah, so we got Christmas presents for everyone. And I was like, whoa, what? Like, you guys, it's okay. They go into the next room, bring back a bunch of bags i have you know a like like that tiffany color bag and then all the other guys you know have different bags and they start opening them up so our two like sales guys that helped us hit our goal them two and robert and dimitri all got rolexes i was like you just got you spent like how much and like what you didn't even let me know that you're do it. I'm like, I would have been okay with it, but let me know ahead of time. Jeez. And then I open up my present. Well, it's nice. You know, I like jewelry, but I kind of, if everyone's getting Rolexes, you know, I'm not going to be the only one that did it. Because, you know, like, I think it's when you're, when you're a female, like, um, startup founder, you're used to always being like, you know, that kind of like one female in the room. And for some people, like, they like, you know, like, yeah, I, I want to be like a female founder like I want to be known as that it's complete opposite I'm like no I want to be one of the guys I want to be just known for like what I do so I always try to you know keep that same kind of levels I end up uh, switching to watch and I like it so yeah worked out <laughs> I think yeah, it's a good deal hilarious. yeah <laughs> yeah well yeah. So the funny thing my husband was like man like I don't I don't know if this is gonna like make more guys hit on you or less because you now have like a baller watch. Now are guys going to like, they're gonna know what that is and be like, man, I can't afford her. Or is it going to be, man, she has a nice watch. I wanna to talk to her. Like that was what he was thinking about. I was like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point because I think like a lot of guys, when we buy nice things, like, especially I think cars are a good example or like guys think, yeah. oh, I got this motorcycle. It's gonna impress the girls. It's like, I don't know yeah. if a lot of girls know the difference between like a fancy supercar looking BMW versus an actual supercar. So yeah. <laughs> the only people it impresses are other guys. Have you actually worn the watch out and gotten a chance to see? I've worn it, but like I think most of the time, like it was, well, at least for now, because I've been like wearing like a sweater or something and it's not as noticeable. I think maybe if I wore it, 
like summertime with like short sleeves and like to a conference or something, then maybe I'd get like some like comments on it or something. But I haven't yet. And I'm, I'm kind of glad about that just because I, I'd rather not, you know, it's, it's not a flashy one. It's um, all in green, it's called a day date um, Rolex. So it, it is pricey, but, um, but it's not super flashy. And I'd rather it be that way than, you know, I'm not, I'm more of a, what's a, what's a good way to put this in like something else as an example. Like if um, say like a Ferrari or a Lambo is like super flashy, you know, like everyone knows what it is versus like, I don't know, like an Aston Martin or something, or even like a super mm -hmm. expensive, like where people be like, oh, that's nice. But like, they wouldn't know, hey, that's like this much of a car and everything. I'd rather be on that side of the things. Yeah, like an Alfa Romeo. It's like, you don't see a lot of those out there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's interesting, though, because you're COO of a tech company, but you also recently became a mom. How, yeah. have, you, how have you managed the balance between the two? Because I feel like the job is a big one. So I guess it, it kind of goes with my personality of always planning and of time and like trying to make sure I'm set for the future and and with like pessimistic outlook on most things. But before um, she learned, I was working like crazy because I knew like I hired, uh, I think three or four more people um, on my team. And I made sure like everyone was set and like trained that my new team members were going to be trained by my existing team members and all that. So I, I tried myself up so that things could run even when I'm not there. So now still like an adjustment um like there's definitely been times where i'm like typing on slack like having a bottle eating the baby at the same time and you know that's you know there's just moments like that or you know if if the baby is asleep at like nine then i'm i'm doing a lot of work at that time you know but i do luckily i have help uh, i don't know how these like single moms out there do it that don't have any help you know they're just doing it on their own like that's had a huge amount of respect for them before but now damn i don't know how they do it they must have like you know six arms and like uh, the mom from like the incredibles where her arms stretch and everything oh. <laughs> like like that's what i'm like they they must have something else that you know it's been uh it's been an adjustment it's you go from like oh i want to travel all the time and i want to work all the time and now it's like okay work-life balance is like a huge thing for me and and number one priority is my daughter. So yeah, it's mm -hmm. been a change. <laughs> yeah, pretty. That's a pretty big one, um, especially running a company. Do you plan on having kids or anything? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, more sooner for me than for Bilal, for sure. He's yeah. uh yeah. Bilal, you're 26, right? Um, and yeah, turning 27 soon. Yeah. 27. Oh, yeah, and then I'm turning 33 this Sunday, actually. Yeah, so. this Sunday. Yeah. Definitely in my near future. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I'm still going to do a live, though. I'm still going to do a live. It's on Sunday. Oh, really? <laughs> I'll, I'll probably be present on that. So, yeah. Yeah. You no, know, it's it's crazy, though. I think um, you guys do end up having kids, you know, whatever happens. I think, you know, I think the people are thrown in there not knowing what to do. Like, it's so true that, like, they, people will say, you know, you're at the hospital. And then they're like, okay, you can go home now with your baby. And you're like wait, trusting me with this thing that just like, just came alive two days ago. And you're telling me that I can take it home. Like, I don't know how to do anything. Like I watched some YouTube videos and some TikToks. Like that does not make me an expert. Like you should not let me <laughs> take this home. Yeah. That's, you know what, now that I'm thinking about it, that's wild. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you go to the hospital and then you leave with an extra person and they're your responsibility yeah. and they can't survive without you. Probably the crying and like your life radically changes after that day. Oh yeah. Not that even yeah. the process is pretty hard, but I mean like, that's crazy. The thing like a lot of people could relate to is like, okay, you go to say like an animal shelter or something, adopt a cat or a dog. And that's like, you're like, okay, you know, feed it, you know, give it water, love it. And then with kids, it's like a whole, like there's so many things that you don't think about you're like okay what do i do when it's crying like is it, is it crying because of this is it crying because of this because there's a million things that it could be and you just slowly start figuring out like the little tells and it takes time and like you want to like just die because you're you're so tired and like especially like the women's side of it your hormones are like all out of whack you're like what's happening exhausted um like i 
without getting into detail with it, but like I end up like fracturing a, a bone like after I was released from the hospital and you're it's like a whirlwind, mm. but I don't want to get too much into detail about it, but it's <laughs> it's crazy. Like how did people yeah. even deal with this before the internet? Because like now I guess you can see stuff on TikTok and YouTube and stuff, but like like without the internet, like the internet would be my first stop. Yeah. Like, okay. Now we're home. What do I do? <laughs> so like I don't even know. Because I, I remember so we left the hospital and um my forgot some stuff at the hospital that we needed to like basically feed the baby like with um nursing her. He was like, okay, I'm going to go get that stuff at the store. And he's texting me, like, and, and the baby's crying because she's hungry and she's, like, not, like, feeding. And and so I literally went on TikTok and was like, what do I do? And I found an answer and it worked. And I was like, thank God. But, like, before that, I, I think, you know, having a kid before that was probably more of, like, a family ordeal even. And if you didn't have that, then, you know, you had to just, like, learn as you go, which... I don't even I don't even know how people did it, but I think you know people used to be way more like you know you'd stay with your family or you know your parents would stay for like a couple months or but nowadays I think people like try to be a lot more like independent from their family and be like you know I can I can do this like I can learn I can figure it out and then they use the internet to kind of you know um, combat that. Yeah, there was a lot of wisdom back then, but it's also harder to. Do I think people are more spread out? I'm in Texas. My family's in California. Either they would have to come here or I'd go there if I do. Yeah, because like grandparents are probably very help helpful if they're around. Um, oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. No, I actually had to stay at my mom's house uh, right after the baby was born because I I don't know if this was like me just like nesting and like trying to get the house like perfect and me dealing with like stress and stuff but i we basically did a full renovation of our entire house like while i was pregnant and in the last couple of months i think i read somewhere that like when women get pregnant and then as they start approaching their due date this like nesting instinct does take over and mm -hmm. so like the house <laughs> especially the house a lot of changes happen to the house i guess it happened in your situation yeah yeah, yeah no. <laughs> It's definitely true, you know, like, especially I think now, especially for, you know, young moms and stuff, they, they go on social media and they see all these like women folding everything perfectly. And like, you know, it looks like a complete like OCD house. And, and when you see that, you want that you're like, I want everything folded perfectly. Like, I want to have this and this organized and I need to have this little cart for all my stuff. And like, and there's all this information out there to... Basically, your one, you can see it as preparing you to like, hey, you should do this. It'll help you. Or two, you could see it as, man, it'll make you feel bad that if you haven't done any of that stuff. <laughs> so. Yeah, I guess. That's yeah. how you take it. Yeah. I don't know. That's. But, but I'm curious um, if you, because you're right now, you said um, you're you're also doing um, like engineering and stuff right now, right? Or software it was something software engineering yeah i i was yeah. wondering if um and below um i don't know what you do but um you you can let mm -hmm. me know if you want and i was wondering what you guys would do if you if you could pick any other career actually i am living that other career because i used to be a mechanical engineer that job got pretty boring so i ended up doing a career change into like business operations helping businesses optimize and solve business problems in different areas. And so that gave me some of the variety I was looking for and also interaction with people. And I also was in a position to like go try to pursue something on my own. And I figured software would be interesting, software in the creative space, which is why, yeah. you know, with all this Table Moments podcasting, the live streaming and the videos I make, that's all just getting that experience as a content creator so that I can make software for these people. Um, oh, nice. And I actually use my first piece of software. It, it posts my content for me across all the platforms. You made that software yourself, that poster stuff? Yeah, I did. Oh, wow. Um, it took me, yeah, I had to learn. I, I figured, you know, the best way to learn is by doing. And basically, yeah. <laughs> like for that few months, it was just me like learning software, how to build and learning all the things I needed to learn so I can interface with all these social platforms. And so now I have like one interface. I upload my video, put a caption, hit send, 
and then it posted everywhere for me on all the socials I've connected. And I didn't realize the hardest part, or actually most of the work was in not getting the functionality for just my accounts. It's like getting to a point where other people could connect their own to their own personal yeah. accounts. And yeah. building for other people is way harder than building for yourself. It's, oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. Everyone wants something different too. Everyone's going to tell you like, oh, why don't you have this? Why don't you have this? And you're going to get a million of those, like, you know, as you share it with more people. Yeah. How do you guys manage that? Because uh, you guys do software, right? So yeah. I'm sure yeah, you guys so are getting like recommend recommendations or at least uh, wishes from customers. We get those all the time. And to be honest, like that's actually what's built most of our software. It's, it's recommendations from people. I think, you know, when you have, you have to have your own idea that's like your main thing that you do. And then the small details is when you get those ideas from actual like, customers or, you know, users. And that kind of, you know, it's like the spice in the food, you know, say if you're like making a steak, you know, the, the spices that you put on that steak are what your users want. Yeah, it's a good way of describing it. I think this is a good system because like if you just ask people what they want, they'll have a long list, but they don't even know what can be built to. So that's why sometimes you have to just be careful with feedback. And I think, yeah, treating it like seasoning on the main course is, I think, a good approach. Yeah, no, because, yeah, it's um, it's not only that, you know, people don't know what they want, but it's also they don't think about how each thing will affect another thing. So they might ask for something. And like, for example, we had this one client that was like, yeah, I want to be part of this like client group, but I don't want to share this data. And we're like, well, that's that's impossible because you can't get data from that unless you share your own like thing. like it would have to be on your own server and we'd have to give you like a copy of the software instead of you being on our server with like how we're running things. And so people don't really think about the tech side of it a lot. Um, so that's definitely something that you're going to have to think about. Wait, so I, I just want to understand like, what does your uh, wholesaling software uh, do? Like, Well, I think to explain it, because a lot of people don't really know the different side of real estate investing. So there's, you know, you see on TV, like yeah. there's the house flippers, Joanna Gaines, mm -hmm, right. you know, like um, there's also like, Tarek El Musa and you know they'd buy them fix them up sell them on the MLS all that so that's like the, yeah. the traditional route instead of you know finding someone that wants to say sell like a hoarder house and then they fix it up and then sell it the wholesaler what they'll do is actually go out, find that person that wants to sell the house and then say post it on our software and use a bunch of like data tools and things like that to find an actual like end buyer that's going to then fix it up. And imagine there's like the seller, oh. the person that actually wants to sell the house, the flipper, and then there's someone in the middle. The person in the middle is the wholesaler. They find that person that wants to sell, say for like a hundred grand, and they say, okay, yeah, well, let's get it on contract for a hundred grand. They then find like an actual like flipper or say someone wants to buy it and hold it as an investment, you know, buy it and then rent it out, whatever they want to do with it. They'll find person and then they'll actually um sell it for like sell the or assign the contract is what it's technically called for like 130 grand and then that person says okay yeah, i'll take it for 130 grand and that wholesaler in the middle makes 30 grand just by like mm, connecting so, the two got it so so um if, if i was like a uh person who actually buys and holds like a uh, like what kind of um, put yeah. some innovation into it or type thing, I would go to your uh, platform and pretty much find the properties on there. So imagine like Zillow, but also mixed with eBay, where you go to the software. So it's called InvestorLift. But um, imagine you, you mm -hmm. can go to InvestorLift.com, you can put offers in on properties and, you know, find get pictures of the property, videos. There's sometimes people put documents of like um, an inspection report. Um, they have all the like, contact information, all that side that, you know, buyers will see like on the like back end for the wholesalers. That's where kind of like most people in this industry, if they're like a wholesaler, for instance, they'll have what they call a buyer's list. They'll try to sell their deals too. And so most people like they'll have like 150 people or even less sometimes or like on the high end, maybe they have like 10,000, you know, even like up to 200,000. Sometimes if these guys have been around for a long time, been just like scraping Facebook pages for emails, like whatever they're doing, like the highest end, they'll usually have like 200,000. 
our software, what mm. it does is you can get access up to like 1.4 million right now is what the top number is of buyers. It means you can do deals anywhere in the US. So if you guys are in like, say, Texas, mm. and you get like, yeah. you have your website where someone puts in their information and says, hey, I want to sell my house, but they're in, uh, I don't know, California and Los Angeles. Usually what would happen is they'll sell that lead to someone else, maybe not, maybe usually people just throw it out. But if they use our software, they actually now have buyers all over the US and they don't have to actually physically mm. be there to do, it. you know, it's a very like niche software. So it's the industry knowledge and then there's um, what we're doing, which is, you know, big tech and like data and all this stuff to this industry. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Perfect. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, really it's awesome. cool. Um, yeah. Like we, we started doing things um, a little bit different when it started out, when we first started doing this company um, work is most of these guys or women, you know, doing these deals, they'd have their buyers list and they'd not want to, they wouldn't want to share it with anyone. They'd be like, this is my secret sauce. This is how I like, you know, cash the checks and this is how I get money. And, and um, funny enough, like my husband and I were, you know, the show uh, Narcos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, this is kind of where. Part of the idea actually came from so you know Pablo Escobar he's you know he's there and he's talking with all these like um boards and everything and he's saying hey you know we're all trying to kill each other out here and you know, you know we're all fighting against each other why don't we work together and make like a shit ton of money and so we were watching this and we end up thinking hey what if we did this in our industry what if we got a bunch of people to basically say, hey, I'll share my buyers list. We'll work together to basically be able to do deals anywhere in the U.S. And so we that's what we our top tier of our um, plan. Uh, we call the cartel bosses literally because of that show. So now it's like only 50 people. And if you get in that and you have to be doing at least $250,000 and um, deals each month to do it. And then you have to get like people to vouch for you. Like, so it's a, it's a process, but if you're in that top tier, then you get access to um, right now. It's I think 1.4 million buyers. Mm, interesting. That's dope. So you guys are the Pablo Escobar of the space. I dig it. Oh yeah. No, yeah. it's it's funny because You guys should lean into that theme. Oh no, sure. we hundred percent do. Like <laughs> I so I planned our first ever cartel meetup is what we called it. Um where you know each year we meet up with like the top fifty clients. I did it in um in Tulum, Mexico. And there's actual like <laughs> restaurant wow. slash like um um but it used to be a compound that Pablo Escobar owned. And so I did a dinner there one night Whoa. and was like, and like, and it's funny though, because I was like planning this event and I was like calling places and everything. And I almost said, oh yeah, it's for our cartel meetup <laughs> to like someone. And I was like, nope, I cannot say oh, that no. here because that's a whole different meaning down here, you know? But yeah, um, but yeah we leaned into it. So people love oh, it though. Cool. Like we have hats now that say like cartel boss or like cartel like hashtag and then what number you are as far as like when you joined. And so I think it was my husband and I, like we have cartel boss, like zero, zero, zero. So now like someone like offered him money. It was like, Hey, how much would it take for me to like get that hat and get one of those? And we're like, <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't buy a number, you know? So it's, it's funny. We, we lean into it a lot. That's perfect. Yeah. Oh, man. That's really cool. Yeah. It just, it shows with like, with business. And I think this is for, you know, anyone that's out there thinking about doing a business, whether it's, say you want to do Airbnbs, or say you want to do restaurants, or you want to do a fashion brand or whatever it is, having some kind of like theme, to whatever the business is actually helps you so much. Like, if you're, you know, think of like Disney World, and like Disneyland and like all these like parks and stuff, they all have like these themes that they kind of surround themselves around. And then people fall in love with like that theme because it connects their like emotions to something and it connects like the experience, all of that. Yeah. You get people really bought into the whole thing. I've realized like with doing business for so many years, you know, people, people will buy into like whatever it is because of a product. But if you ever have any kind of setbacks in that product, whether it's, you know, say you have a software company or say you have, you know, a clothing brand or whatever it is, if you have any setbacks, which every business does, the people will stay 
because they're bought into like the story behind the business. And so like always trying to have some kind of story, you know, either how it was created or what you guys are trying to do or whatever it is, having that, you know, background, it, it keeps people there so that you have the chance to actually correct any issues or learn as you go. A lot of people, they try to go into business and, you know, they, they try to make everything perfect and they focus on just what things can do and not with like the background and the like story branding of the actual business. And I think that's a big mistake. Yeah. yeah. I honestly I'll tell you a little bit about my background. Uh, I did, I, I went into a similar route uh, as uh, I mean, um, I did mechanical engineering and uh, did that for a couple of years and then uh, kind of left it to do recruiting. Um, and I, I realized I want to do um, my own business too, you know, uh, just like you and uh, I am too. So I decided to look into different things. I, I failed a lot, but uh, I ended up landing on something that seems to stick, stick to. And so I, I've just been doing like uh, medical transportation, um, finding like anybody that needs uh, transportation in wheelchair. Um, we, we provide that for them. And yeah, we've we just been um, kind of growing from uh, meeting new people and, and kind of introducing our business. So when you say like transportation, like, do you mean inside of hospitals or do you mean like outside of hospitals or? Yeah. So oftentimes a lot of these patients uh, need transportation from their home to the hospital and they don't have those rides. So mm-hmm. they'll contact someone like us and we'll look their house and bring um like our our big uh, van where we can uh it's like more wheelchair accessible so we will awesome. pick them up and yeah and we transport them so um where where we've been planning on uh, expanding a lot more and uh right now we're in san antonio but uh, we're trying to expand more into austin too nice so my question would be since we had the like theming talk What's what's gonna be your theme yeah. for that? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> yeah, so um originally our theme was uh everything else, right? So I mean that's 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 uh, our uh company name, everything health. And what's behind that is like it's it's to tell your side of the story. What is your your everything, like what you experience on a daily uh about uh your well being, your 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 life, you know, and that that was kind of our thought because it was based off of um, my friend's uh, uh, business, which is everything. And so uh, he, he built a closing brand off that. And then from there, we went into the health section. So we just called it everything health. And yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, um, like, yeah. My, my thoughts with that is like, like, I'm just like, ima- like, so my, my brain starts like spinning up ideas whenever I hear like a business idea. So mm-hmm. um, like when I hear yeah. that, I'm like, I'm yeah. imagining like vans that are, you know, have like graphic design on the outside that have like wings and like being like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, like kind of like theming like, hey, yeah. you know, you might not be able to get where you're going, but let us be your wings, you know, and like stuff like that mm-hmm. or like something like where, you know. Yeah, like so that wow. I that's just like an idea, but that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, like I I could see like because that's such a good idea because it's something that you don't really think about it, but it's actually something that everyone that doesn't have you know a handicap accessible van would need. Exactly. And so yeah. it's like I think you know there's there's different ways like that you know you could go about it with like there's you could go like high-end luxury like hey like it's all blacked out and like whatever but to be honest Mm -hmm. I would do I wouldn't do that only because one I think you know with your whole idea of like it's like everything for you guys like we're doing you know all the stuff and we're gonna be there for you and help you out with everything I think you Mm -hmm. want to make it more accessible and like friendly branding and you know and keeping it you know light and happy yeah, I like that route you talked about with the wings. Um, that's yeah. something I would never think of, but yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty creative. I appreciate that. Uh, give me, give me like a, a day to like think up ideas, and I'll have more. But like that, that's just like my first like initial thought of like when you said like you know because I I always think of like you know 
hey, like, let's, let us be your wings or let us be your, like, it's almost like an analogy of, like, let us be your legs. And, but yeah. you don't want to say, like, let us be your legs because I think that would, might, like, you could offend people with that possibly. Mm-hmm. But if you kind of make it seem as, like, hey, let us be your wings, it's like, let us give you something extra and let's give you, like, an amazing experience and, like, take you wherever you want to go. And it's kind of almost mm-hmm. like a playoff of, Red Bull gives you wings, you know? That's what it yeah. sounds like a little bit to me. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> Bilal well, is not a fan <laughs> of the team. Yeah, well, I, I hate it. Red Bull? Yeah, yeah. The racing. We're both into Formula One. Oh, Formula yeah. oh my gosh. Man, like, <laughs> what is it? Um, who is it that's, like, the main person for Red Bull? Is it Verstappen or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah Verstappen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I see. See, I'm picking up on it slightly only because my husband is obsessed with like F1 racing and he's like, I want to go to Monaco and like see them race and stuff. But aren't they like, I think they're, aren't they thinking of like possibly not doing it in Monaco anymore or like, or they're thinking about like in the future they might not do it there? Yeah, because it's so tight. It's it's not uh, allowing to overtake other cars. So, um, it doesn't yeah. really make sense to to keep it, but then they're actually planning on expanding it too. So um, we don't know what's gonna happen next yet. So. And plus, you go to Monaco for the boats. You don't really go. Yeah. There. So it's like okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's that's the main reason. Like people go to see boats or get on boats and show off their boats and all that stuff. Um, like Monaco. Like I know. Like, my husband is like, oh, it's so cool. Like, I would love to live there and stuff. For me, like, it's my absolute worst nightmare just because, mm-hmm. like, I feel like being around people that are, you know, so much about money, like, it's such mm-hmm. a turnoff for me. So I'm like, oh, like, I don't know if I could do it. But yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's, uh, he, he ended up, he just got a, like, uh, racing wheel in the like pedals and the seat and like all of this stuff for um, doing like F1 racing. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like, but he's, he's kind of ADD where he'll get something and then he'll use it a bunch and then like, forget about it. And then like, wait, you know, a couple months and then he'll be back into it and then he'll like forget about it again. So he hasn't used it in a while, to be honest. That racing stuff can get pretty addicting. Like uh, for Bilal's birthday, I ended up getting him a. Basically, it, it normally comes with a steering wheel uh, for racing simu. Like you connect it to like a PlayStation or something. Yeah. But then I ended up uh, 3D printing a Formula One wheel and uh, oh, wow. replacing the wheel. Yeah, and then I figured as part of it, I think it'd be funny if I just gave him my fastest times on every track <laughs> to just challenge yeah. him to beat it, and then I got addicted to it. So. <laughs> You just got to be careful with that thing. I, think, I feel like any kind of video games, it's like so easy to get addicted to them. Like for me, like I'm, I'm not super into the like racing games. Like I'll, I'll do them and like I, I find it fun. But I think for me, it's more so like any of the like RPG games, uh, they're role playing games where like, you know, like you're, you have like a land or even if it's like Zelda or something, you know, like where you have a land and you're going throughout or like Final Fantasy and stuff like that. The storyline ones are the ones that, you know, if I play them, then I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to finish. I got to like figure out how to get to this next part and then get to the end. And like and that's that's where I get like addicted to those video games. Luckily, I don't have any time anymore to do it. So. <laughs> that kind of yeah. solves that problem. Yeah. yeah. But that's. Hey, I'm I'm actually very proud of myself that I even knew that Verstappen was like on the Red Bull team because and my husband will be proud if he listens to this. He'll be like, "Oh my gosh, you remembered!" Like, I'll yeah. Be like, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, you're in Florida, right? No. So I we're thinking about going to Florida just like for tax um, purposes and everything. But um, mm. right now I'm in Virginia, and so. Uh, we live in like mm. a super like small town in Virginia that's all like horses and wineries, and I I love it. Yeah, because I was gonna say if you were in Florida, you guys could have gone to the Miami race. I think mm. you would enjoy it before before Monaco. You know, yeah, that's a long yeah. flight. So yeah, no, I think yeah. um, you know if we go to Florida, then we'll definitely be. I think they even have. I think it's in Florida. There's like some like even like go karting track that is like super long and like a bunch of like f1 people have done it or 
something like that. I think it's in Florida, mm. but so probably do that at some point. Yeah. yeah. You should tell your husband that you're a fan of Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, that's actually, that's actually my fan. Like the one that I like is Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, we got a fan. Yeah, no, like, because, well, see, he was like, yeah, like, a lot of people don't like him just because he, like, won for, like, seven years in a row and, like, you know, yeah. won the world championship and everything. But I'm like, hey, like, you can't hate someone just because they're, like, good, you know? And yeah. he seems like a nice guy. And I was like, I also like Hamilton because, like, since he's, like, African-American and most of these guys out here are, like, just, like, you know, white male, like, kind of, like, front of the mill, like, European. I was like, the yeah. fact that he got to where he is being african-american like makes me respect him even so much more it's like having respect yeah. for someone because of what they had to go through which i think you know it's it's the same thing where like i see founders that are like women in tech that like have gotten really far like i have respect for them just because i know it's a different type of struggle exactly so, yeah exactly yeah yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think the thing I more respect about Hamilton is that he didn't grow up rich like yeah. a lot of these drivers end up. Yeah. Like a lot of these, you know. Their dad owns the team. Yeah, their dad owns the team. <laughs> or they're like, or they have a, le they come from a legacy of racing. And yeah. they've been racing, like even Verstappen, I mean, his dad was a former Formula One driver. Lance, obviously, his dad owns the team. Like even yep. science and the all the others, yeah, hella nepotism. But oh, yeah. you know, his the, the, that's the cool thing. That's why I really admired um, Lewis Hamilton's dad because his dad is like, you know what? He didn't. He never did any racing, but he realized his son Lewis had a passion for this and was serious enough that he was just gonna help his son achieve those things. And like some of the stories of Lewis recounting what his dad was telling him to do, so that he can race faster and push him harder than. You know, these other wealthier kids just did not have the drive or had fathers who were willing to push him as hard as Lewis had to be pushed. And yeah. then he made it to the top and then he did it seven times. It's like, that's the cool part. Yeah, yeah no, 100%. And that reminds me of, um, you know, on the show Shark Tank, there's the one older woman. She has like short hair. She's in real estate. Oh, Barbara. And, um, yeah, yeah. Barbara Cochran. Yeah, that's her name. Yeah. She was... um. I saw a video on it and then um i saw also like her on the show she talks about how she actually doesn't invest in rich kids and she's mm -hmm. like and it might sound bad you know to have that kind of opinion but like i don't do it because they don't go through the same stuff as you know what these people that had nothing like go through to own a business and start a business and like the risks that you take and you're know, not having the connections and like all of that stuff like that like the best place to be when you're trying to start a business is when you don't have anything because that's when like you're the hungriest to be successful and you like just do whatever it takes at, you know, with not having a lot of money and all of that. And, and it kind of reminds me of what you're saying with like Hamilton, you know, when you don't have the money, you don't have the connections, you don't have like that nepotism, you know, you just, you have to rely on yourself and push yourself so much harder, which I think is probably why like he's done so well. Mm -hmm. definitely yeah i i i definitely agree with that you know um with our business like i remember it was right when covid started you know we had people we initially were like selling only our like top tier of the software and we were selling it for 10 grand a month to each company and we were doing consulting with that as well and like providing the data and like all the stuff and you know when covid um like start happening we had people that were like hey you know we're just gonna wait to pay you because we want to see what happens with covid and we're like but, but you signed like a yearly contract <laughs> like you can't just like wait and be like yeah i'm gonna figure it out like i'll think about paying you or not and so we had to figure out some way to just like get money in and so my husband what he did was he was invited onto a webinar and you know the we we talked to um, some people that, you know, were paying that 10 grand a month and they were like, man, like I have all these like students because I do coaching and, you know, I I do like videos and I tell people how to have a business like mine making this much. But the problem is, is that I'm using your software to do it all. And like 
there it's not at a price point where it's accessible to all these other people. And so we end up saying like, okay, well, we'll, we'll create, you know, some kind of version that, you know, is cheaper and way more accessible to people. And so my husband went on this podcast or not podcast on this webinar. And so he said, okay, we're launching and we called it, um, pro. So it's, um, it's now like our, our, uh, cheapest here, the product. And we have three, but we said, okay, we're launching, um, investor left pro and it's going to have this. And, um, you know, you get 50% off if you, um, buy during the presale and he went on there, he ended up, it was like 80 something percent of the people that were on that webinar bought like the price point for that is around like 5,400 and we were doing it 50% off and the product wasn't even built yet. And we were like, Oh my gosh, people actually want this. And so we end up, we were hoping to like make like 30 grand to just, you know, keep the business going and like pay our software engineers and all that. And like, we had people working part-time at that point because, you know, money like wasn't coming in. And so we did this webinar and from just that webinar, I think within like 30 days, we did 1.4 million and we were like, Oh my gosh, like, okay, now we need to like hire people to like manage like the customer support tickets. We need to hire more engineers. We have to actually build the product. We have to like, we said it's going to come out this date, like in this, like in the summer. So we have to start doing all of this stuff. And so with the pre-sale uh, money that we got, we end up building the product with that money and hiring people and all of that stuff. And before that, it was just like me, my husband, uh, Dimitri, maybe a couple engineers. And like, I was doing anything like all like customer facing stuff. So anytime anyone needed to be onboarded, anytime like anyone had an issue, like all of that stuff was just me. And then my husband was selling and then Dimitri and his like two engineers or like one engineer were doing tech stuff. So we had all these people buy and we're like, what are we going to do? And so we like hired people, did all this stuff, built the product and finally like released it out to people. And like we, we just had to do it. So we got it done. But like, that's, that's kind of, we were at that point where you don't have anything and you're just like fighting to survive. And like, that's when I think you see the most growth. Yeah, that's crazy. Cause yeah. like, especially considering it's like pandemic created this problem that ended up becoming this huge opportunity. To be honest, like the, the best things that have happened with like our business have been because of problems. So the the business wouldn't have even been created if we didn't have the problem of this guy not being able to fund like our company, like that mm. data company. If that hadn't have happened, we wouldn't have actually started even building what's now investor lift. And so then and then it became because the pandemic, people like not paying, we had to then create a more accessible version of the software. Like now in the, our industry, like everyone, you know, like most people know about us and we go to events and they're like, oh, yeah, you guys are like with InvestorLift and all this stuff. But everything worked out, but it wouldn't have worked out if we didn't have the problems that we had. Yeah, that's a really good just, I think, lesson in life. Like, I think people are worried about problems maybe a little too much or they're really, they're worried about even just starting something because all they see are problems. But it's like especially the harder the problem, the bigger the opportunity, usually I've noticed at least so it's not even starting things like that people are worried about. It's also like stopping things. So like, for me, when I was studying to try to go to medical school, and Mm -hmm. like, I said, Okay, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) And like, that was scary. Um, You know, I, I had no clue what to do. And, and like all these little domino effects, um, you know, the reason why my husband started working at the company that he was working at that I end up working at, he had offers from that company and one other company. And I told him to go for this other company, the one that he ended up working at, because I met the owner of the other company that he got an offer from and didn't take. Um, and that guy, when I met him, I put my hand out to shake his hand after he shook my husband's hand. And like, he just didn't even notice me. It was like, just like, staring at my husband talking to him completely like ignored me and i was like hey if he's gonna treat like women like that you can just imagine he's also gonna treat his employees poorly 
And yeah, he might be like flashy and have all this stuff at his company, but you'll be able to grow a lot more with the other companies. So he started working at the different company. And so it was all like, it's, it's crazy when you look back and you see all these like little things that have happened, like someone not shaking your hand caused you to like, then work somewhere else. And then that caused this to happen. And then this happened. And it's insane. So like everything happens for a reason, you know? Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's like I, I I have a really big appreciation for like at least the way I've been seeing my life is like thinking of myself as the author, and if I were reading the book of my life, what would make it more interesting? You know, mm-hmm. so like if there's an opportunity or something happens, or if I could frame some experience in a certain way that would make it more interesting to tell one day, or if I ever wrote about it, I'm yep. like, all right, I got to take that direction. <laughs> yeah. So no, really. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool. So one of my favorite movies, I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's called The Holiday. It has like Cameron Diaz and like Jack Black and Kate Winslet in it. And it's kind of like a romantic Christmassy movie. And um, there's mm. this part in it where the one of the main characters, you know, she goes through this bad kind of like breakup and she goes to L.A. And she meets this like older guy that, you know, has a walker and and she goes out to dinner with him just like as a friendly like friends and she's going through all this like emotional turmoil and she explains everything to him that she's going through and he says to her like and this is one of my like favorite things that I always try to think about because I think this is a problem that you know I struggle with and I'm sure a lot of other people struggle with out there he goes and he says you know you're acting like a supporting character in your own life and I don't know why when, you know, you're the main character in your own life. And she she says, oh, my gosh, like, that's way better than, like, years of therapy. Like, it's, like, brutal what you're saying. But, like, I should be the freaking main character in my own life. And, I, and I'm not being the main character. I'm thinking about, you know, like, what everyone else thinks about me or, like, you know, what everyone else's problems are. And, and I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of people especially like super empathic people, you know, have that problem where they're not acting like the main character in their own life. And I think Mm -hmm. that that kind of goes to what you're saying, where like, you know, you want to be the main character in your life. What can you do to add to your story? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's that's powerful. Yeah. 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 No, it's, I think a lot of people have that problem though. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I see it all the time. I do see it in myself sometimes. Like I can be, uh, very supporting and and don't 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 really think about what I, I need to achieve or what I want to achieve. But uh, sometimes I have to just take a step back of everything and and just refocus. Yep. Ask yourself what you want. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because like I I even do this with like small things too. So like, <laughs> Vila, I actually did this with you this week mm-hmm. <laughs> when I texted yeah. you. I I feel like Lil Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Feel like little Wayne when you text him? Uh, no, I, I just tell him randomly out of the blue. I feel like I'm Will, Lil Wayne, and then I knew he was gonna reply like, "Why do you feel like that?" Right? <laughs> and then I texted him a screenshot of this video on TikTok that got a million views, and then I just texted a Millie. <laughs> wow, nice. Wait, which yeah. video was that? This one was about DoorDash. Oh. Um, Oh, okay. I know it. Yeah, I think I saw that. Um, yeah, it's about the person eating the food in the car, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that's the thing. Like, I did DoorDash, not because for the money. I was actually working as an engineer at the time. I was just bored. And I was like, you know what? And that's another thing about life. I think maybe I wish more people were just like more open minded to just try things, even if it's work. So, in that case, like, I always listen to podcasts. So instead of just listening to a podcast at home, I figured, you know what, why don't I just do this DoorDash thing? I can learn this industry, see what it's like, what drivers go through, and then listen to podcasts like I normally do. And so then I got this experience, right? Yeah. And it was just like, I did it for like a couple months or something. And I kind of learned their struggles because I'm a big believer in learning by doing, which is why I'm also doing the content creation stuff so I can make software for creators. And so (laughs) I just do this and I'm like, yo, this... And the thing is, like, when people aren't ready to pick up or the restaurant's not ready with the food, then that's eating into the time available for that hour. It's just weird that that experience, like, two years ago led to me making this video that blew up the TikTok account. Yeah. It's just, 
it's, it's, it's all ten point one, bro. Ten point one million views. It's crazy, crazy, dude. It's crazy. It's insane. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy how that stuff happens. You know, like one little thing you did, like, or well, I guess not even for you. It wasn't one little thing, but like getting that experience, like, had an effect two years later. I'm guessing, I don't know if you expected it to like take off, but like, no, yeah. My system is just post a video a day, every day. I don't, I never know. I always think like when I edit these videos, I'm like, oh, this one's going to hit, but it never does. And then it's some random one with like poor lighting. And I talk about random stuff and I don't even remember and it goes wild. So at yeah. this point, I'm just like, just post. My system is every day just so I can learn and get better. And then this one just went wild. And I was just like, I did not expect it. I did not expect it. Maybe I just need to be, I need to compete with you on your TikTok videos. Yeah, you should. I mean, like, you know, I was thinking earlier when you were just giving Bilal a recommendation about the wings. Yeah. We'll be your wing stuff. I was like, yeah. that would be great content for like at least business TikTok where you're yeah. just like, or if you did a live stream, like, all right, tell me your business. Tell me what you guys are doing. And you can just throw yeah. ideas or even make videos. And yeah. I think that'd be really cool. See, the funny thing is, is like, I, like, I know I can give good business advice, but it's hard for me to sometimes give it to people because I don't want to come off as like, oh, I know everything. I have like joined TikTok lives and I told people like, hey, hey, I'm good in business. If like, if someone like, if you guys want advice, you know, feel free to message me. I'm not trying to sell anything. Like if anyone does want business advice and very few people have taken me up on that. Like the only time I've had people be like, hey, what should I do with this was when I posted a video like when it, it was one of my like first TikTok videos ever, you know, horrible quality. Um, but it was me like in a private plane. And I was like, hey, basically being coffee and was like, yeah, like getting a private plane, my business made this much. Let me know if you want to have like, if you need business or work advice. And then I had people in the comments ask like, hey, what should I do with this? Yeah, no, this is, I, I'm glad, you know, we could do this and- If you have anything to plug, this is your chance. Let the people know. If you're a real estate investor, check out InvestorLift, you know, or your TikTok lives because they're good. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll do it again this Sunday. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. Sunday. Um, yeah. Awesome. We'll cool. be Thank there. Thank you for coming on. Well, it was great, you know, um, kind of, I guess, uh, audibly meeting you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was nice to meet you. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Definitely. Yeah. Reach out if you ever need any more business advice, too. For anyone that listens to this as well. Or it's Liza underscore SW17. So if anyone needs business advice, you know, feel free to reach out. Yeah. And I'll put your, your socials in the description, too. Perfect. Sounds good.